Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The southern right whale used to be a common sight and sound around Dunedin and Otago Harbour. Back in the 19th century, whaling pushed the species to the brink of extinction. But now there are signs local populations could be bouncing back. The Wild Dunedin podcast tells stories about the wild things, large and small, living around the city. I met this guy, Bill. And we got to talking and he had just come back from the subantarctic islands and he had been there with this research group. And every year they go down because there's this area in the islands where hundreds of southern right whales gather. So during the day they're doing their thing, they're going back and forth across this bay with the boats. They're taking pictures, they're, you know, recording audio, they're recording all the whales behavior. But at night time that all shuts down. And one night, Bill went up on deck, so the generator switched off, everybody's in bed asleep, and he takes out his microphone and records that sound. That is the sound of hundreds of southern white whales breathing and splashing and communicating with each other. And it got Bill thinking, like, this is what Otago Harbour would have sounded like before whaling. Hundreds of whales would have come into the harbour and this would have been the soundtrack to a walk around the harbour in those days. And later that night, I'm walking home and my walk home takes me past the harbour. And it's just this beautiful, calm, still night. There's no wind and the water is like glass. And all I can think of is this conversation with Bill, this sound that he described. And I was thinking, will we ever get to that stage again? Will we ever have hundreds of whales back in the Otago Harbour? Wild. It's wild. Wild. It's really wild. 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 So wild. Wild Dunedin Podcast. Kia ora and welcome to the first episode of the Wild Dunedin Podcast. Firstly, some introductions. My name is Claire Kincannon. Originally coming from the west coast of Ireland, I now work as a science communicator in the Otago Museum. And I'm Jamie McCauley. I'm a conservation biologist at the University of Otago with a little bit of a dark past in making radio. So this is kind of a, a combination of my two lives. In today's episode, Claire investigates that question that we asked at the start. Will southern right whales ever return to Otago Harbour? Because they used to be there. They used to be really abundant around mainland New Zealand. They used to be southern right whales all around the country. This is Will. So my name is Will Raymond. I am a lecturer in the Marine Science Department at Otago University. And I'm also a trustee for the New Zealand Whale and Dolphin Trust, which is a charity that supports research on whales and dolphins in New Zealand. 
Will first started studying New Zealand's southern right whales when he volunteered for a trip down to the Auckland Islands in 2008. So he's been researching them for 10 years or so. I started by asking Will what the story was pre-whaling. How many whales would there have been around mainland New Zealand at that time? So pre-whaling times, start of the 19th century, it's been estimated that there were maybe about 30,000 southern right whales around New Zealand. That's been estimated by some researchers led by Jen Jackson from the British Antarctic Survey. And they've used the current numbers of right whales and some um, characteristics of uh, population parameters and kind of back calculated um, using the logs of whaling catches from, from the whalers. And they've sort of run that series backwards basically to estimate how many whales there might have been uh, before whaling times. And, you know, you can't say for certain but it's probably around 30,000, maybe as many as 50,000. Would there have been whales around the Otago Harbour at that time? Absolutely. Um, Otago was probably a real hotspot for southern right whales in New Zealand. Um, there were a number of um, whaling stations around New Zealand, um, but most of them were around southern New Zealand and southland and Otago. And in fact, the largest one, the most productive one, was at Otago, which is just inside Tairoa Head. Um, that was active from 1831 to 1841. And that was the uh, whaling station that was most productive of all the ones in New Zealand. So that suggests that Otago Harbour and the surroundings used to be really, really amazing habitat for southern right whales. And why would they come to Otago Harbour? Well, they come inshore in the wintertime to have their calves. They're looking for calm, sheltered waters to have their calves. They're newborns. They have to spend a lot of time suckling. Um, and you can imagine getting rolled around and crashed around in big waves in the Southern Ocean. Um, it would be a hard time for a calf. So they're looking for nice, sheltered inshore waters, and Otago Harbour is absolutely perfect. So do we have any idea of the number of whales that would have been coming to Otago Harbour to have their calves? Um, I don't think we can say that precisely, but we can get a bit of a clue from the, again, from the catch records of the whaling stations. And like I said, Otago was the most productive one, in 1835 or 1836, I think it was its most productive year, and they took over 100 whales from the immediate surroundings. They couldn't go very far; they were just rowing, uh, rowing boats out to, the, to catch the whales. So obviously, they you know they couldn't travel too far. And the fact that they took 100 whales out of the area then um, is a really good indication that um, you know there were lots of whales around at that time. So essentially, in order to figure out how many whales there were around New Zealand at that time, scientists have to do this really depressing maths, where they look up these detailed whaling logbooks and convert catch numbers, or barrels of oil, back into real whale numbers. And even their name is tied to this whaling history. It's a bit of a sick joke why they're called right whales. Um, uh, southern, because they're the southern species, there are two other species of right whales. There's one in the North Atlantic and one in the North Pacific. Um, but they were called right whales because they're the right whales to hunt. Um, so they were the first whales, really, that were commercially exploited. Um, and they're the right whales to hunt because they're slow moving, um, which means they're easy to catch. And they yield a lot of oil. They come in close to shore, you know, that makes them relatively easy to hunt. And another result of them being very oily is that the carcass floats. So something that's a bit more sleek, like a blue whale, for example, you have to get to the carcass quite quickly before it sinks. Right whales, because they're big and fat and blubbery, after they've been harpooned and they're dead, they just float at the surface. And so it's relatively easy to process the carcass. So, you know, there's just lots of stuff about them which made them really good target for, for the early whalers. And that's what caused their demise, of course. And when he says demise, Will is not exaggerating. 
This southern right whale population was hit hard by whaling. Hard and fast. Um, the population declined very rapidly. Um, catches peaked in about the sort of late 1830s, 1840s. And by 1841, they were pretty much commercially extinct in New Zealand. So there just weren't enough whales around um, for shore whaling operations to be productive. So you know, that's, that tells us that at that time there were very few left. The whalers turned their attention to other species, but they'd still catch right whales opportunistically. So if any right whales showed up, they'd still take them. So the numbers sort of having been reduced to a very low level, then continued to dwindle to even smaller numbers until they were protected, which was in 1937. So the very minimum of the population would have been just before protection was introduced. And it's been estimated that there were probably only about 100 right whales left around New Zealand at that point. One hundred whales remained. From a population of 30,000, possibly as high as up to 50,000, decimation by whaling resulted in just a hundred whales surviving. And for a time, people thought that southern right whales in New Zealand were extinct because they just weren't seen. But they were hiding out. Down in the subantarctic islands, these 100 whales hung on and they weren't discovered until many years later. We thought that they'd been wiped out completely. And in fact, there was a period between 1928 and 1963 when no right whales were sighted around New Zealand at all. And, you know, we thought they'd been lost. And then the first records actually from the subantarctic came in, I think it was 1957. There was a meteorological station on Campbell Island and they reported some right whales coming there in the winter. Then there was a bit of a gap and then a recreational yachty went down to the Auckland Islands uh, in 1980 um, and reported finding right whales in Port Ross, which is a, a sheltered harbour at the northern end of the Auckland Islands. Again, not much happened for a bit um, until the Royal New Zealand Air Force um, flew a survey down there in 1992 and again they reported quite high numbers of right whales uh, in Port Ross and that's when people started to pay attention really. So it's to this place, Port Ross, that Will and his team of researchers go every year to study the southern right whales that gather there. And it just sounds like the most magical place. It's absolutely amazing. It is, it's not like anything else you can really imagine. I was absolutely blown away the first time I went to Port Ross. Um, you know, it's just incredible. It's whale paradise. It's unbelievable. Whale Come Home from the Wild Dunedin podcast, presented by Dr Claire Kincannon of Otago Museum and Doc Conservation Biologist Jamie McCauley. That's created as part of the Wild Dunedin Festival of Nature, which starts on Monday. And the show's just started its second season this past week, so six new episodes are just about to come out. I've listened to the first one all about sharks and how the Jaws soundtrack really doesn't do them any favours. And Claire, who presents the show, tells me that future episodes will investigate topics including crazy forest orgies and whether your cat's playing you. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. 
We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.